guys and welcome to Otson Premier League. Let's take a look at the six match day. We have Chelsea, Man City, we have North London Derby and of course we have Tom Rennie. So I want to know as well your opinion. Leave a comment below with your tips and if you enjoy our videos don't forget and click on the like, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. And now let's go on with the show. Six match day of the Premier League this weekend and we have Tom Rennie with us to analyse all the games. How are you? I'm doing very well. I went to a wedding this weekend and I am still, three days later, monstrously hungover. So I really hope to get through uh, this preview. I've got my fingers crossed that I don't just vomit everywhere or start a nap at some point during this. Let's go for it. Because you have to keep drinking. This is rule number one. When That's you it. are hungover, keep drinking, drink, drink a beer, and you will feel way better. I tell you that. Great advice. Thanks, Dad. That's good. Always giving good advice. It doesn't matter if it's betting, drinking, or whatever. So let's start <laughs> with football. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about Chelsea Man City. Not a bad to start with for instance uh, very important i guess in the long run to see how these teams are gonna challenge the title because if chelsea win this is already six points with uh, man city because despite that we expected a seven nil result against southampton City couldn't score a single goal, so they drew, whereas Chelsea, they beat Spurs 0-3 in a fancy way, all goals scored in the second half. Tom, if we check yeah. the odds, the bookies expect a draw, actually, the, it's pretty similar, Chelsea or Man City to win, maybe lowest scoring game, though, no? Yeah, what a game. What a game. As you say, the six-point gap, if it's achieved by Chelsea at this point of the season, you know, people will say it's still, still so early. There's 32, 33 games to go. Uh, but turning over a six-point gap on Chelsea this season is going to be very, very tough. They are the team to beat. From the opening weeks of the season, they have a complete side, a complete squad. They're European champions. It's all coming together for Chelsea at this point. As for Manchester City, you know, I made the mistake, classic gambler's error. It came in twice, the 5-0. It came in twice, and so I went again. Quit while you're ahead on bets like that. I made such an error. I was drawn in by it, but I've watched that game back in full, and I'm still not quite sure how Man City didn't win 5-6 or 7-0. But, but there we are. You know, it is what it is. Um, they, they were quite poor in the end, and Southampton should have had a penalty. They got a penalty the first time. The referee overturned it for inexplicable reasons. Maybe he saw my prediction and thought, I've got to make sure it finishes 5-0. I don't know. Um, to this game, as we speak, no additional injuries for Chelsea. We don't know about Mendy as yet, though I expect Kepa Aretha Balaga to play in this game. That's a problem because even though he didn't concede against Spurs last week, there was a couple of times where he spilled the ball, didn't look quite confident. And look, he's not as good as Mendy, right? We don't need to criticise Kepa a great deal. He's just not as good as Mendy. Pulisic, the other player that's out, but we've got to a point now where I think Chelsea are planning without Pulisic. He is injured so often. As for Manchester City, I think you saw last week against Southampton, maybe the first time this season that they could have done with a centre forward, you know, who'd have thunk it? You know, they've tried Torres up there, they've tried Jesus on the wing, they've tried Sterling through the centre. 
they're trying different combinations of players in false nines and, and players that aren't natural centre forwards. And there was a point where you just thought, maybe we should start crossing the ball now. Maybe we should start doing something different. And they couldn't. They didn't have anything different. And that was the first and maybe not the last time it's going to happen. Um, as you say, the bookies think very, very even here. This morning, looking at it, they were both 2.63 to win, uh, which is incredible. The first dead heat I've seen all season in terms of what the bookies think of home and away sides. The draw at three to one, three and a half, that does look quite interesting here. Um, I think it will be tight. Recent games between these two, barring the debacle under Sari at the Etihad, have been quite tight, have been low scoring. And I think there is a, a feel, I certainly have it, I know you do too, that this could be a potential decider for the season, even though it's early. Um, I'd certainly be looking at the under market. I'd be looking at the under 1.5 market, maybe, which is 1-0 either way. Uh, but Chelsea to win and under 2.5 goals in the match, that you can get around 5.56 to 1. Now, that to me looks an interesting bet. I would just, just favour Chelsea because Lukaku exists. So I would just favour Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea to win under 1.5 goals, low scoring game. You gave many options, of course. This is, uh, we saw this game also in the Champions League final. So, even in addition, now we have Lukaku in the pitch. So, you favorite uh, Chelsea. Then you said that uh, Kepa is, can be a problem no, for Chelsea if uh, Mendy is not playing. Let's talk a little bit about the other Spanish goalkeeper in the Premier League, David De Gea. I was so shocked of seeing David De Gea saving a penalty. This is something that my eyes couldn't believe. But here we are, Man United, they beat uh, West Ham. Luckily, probably also Cristiano Ronaldo scoring again, coming back from behind, these kind of things that we were saying the whole season. And now they face Aston Villa. Be careful because Aston Villa, they beat Everton convincingly. 3-0 after that defeat that you said that you actually like a lot Aston Villa when they played against um, Chelsea. What do you expect here? The bookies expect uh, Man United, of course, to win, but we are not liking a lot uh, Man United recently. Amazed to see Villa at 8-1 this morning. Absolutely amazed to see Villa as far out as that with some bookies. Around 7-8-1, I mean, they're a better team than that. This is not going to be a Manchester United walkover. Man United around 1.4, 1.5. That's not really worth your time this weekend, I would suggest, because I, I don't see them as that big of favourites. Um, Man U didn't play particularly well, I don't think, against West Ham. They didn't create a great deal of clean-cut chances. They got so desperate, they kept sending Ronaldo in the box to die for penalties. Um, I was amazed that David De Gea made that save, but I was more amazed that Mark Noble, one of the best penalty takers in European football over the last 10 years, his record is staggeringly good. And he might be the only person in Europe that seems to have not scouted David De Gea just jumps left at penalties. You know, that is his whole thing. Knock it to his right, you're going to score. So I was surprised and disappointed and Man United got a win they didn't quite deserve. It was a pretty even game at West Ham last week. Um, there will be lots of changes. There's always lots of changes for Man United. The one change they won't make is if he's fit, Ronaldo will play. And if he's fit, Ronaldo will score. Um, and so you're looking at Ronaldo to score and Man U to win. That market's around two to one. That's better than the Man United to win market right now. But I would just be looking at full-time result on both teams to score. Favouring Man U, you can get that around three to one. Now that's quite nice because I think Villa will score in this game because Villa going forward, as you alluded to, very, very good. Great goals last week. 
high quality goals all season. They were great in the match I watched in full against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. Didn't score in it, but that was because Mendy was so impressive in goal. With Ings fit, with Watkins fit, there's some doubts about Leon Bailey who came on and then went off again last week, but hopefully he'll be there. Bertrand Traore, you know, real good attacking talents. The hope is John McGinn will be fit. He went off with concussion at the weekend, so hopefully he'll be good for this one because he's so important for that team. But look, I think they're worth a cheeky bet. Just an eight to one just to win. That is worth your time. That is worth considering. I would still be tipping Man U and both teams to score as my number one, but that is a long, long odd. And by the time you look at this, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday morning, that might have changed. So get in early. Mm -hmm. uh, well, David De Gea usually he doesn't move in the penalties at all. He doesn't even jump, no matter if he's on the left or on the right. He doesn't move. So, bad luck. Actually, he probably saved his only penalty in his entire career, or at least in the last uh, three, four years. Then, at Goodison Park, Everton, Norwich. Uh, Everton, first defeat of the season in uh, Villa Park after a good start. They played twice at home and they beat Southampton Burnley. Norwich, as we expected, still zero points, even they lost against their uh, newly promoted team uh, Watford and here if we go for Asian Handicap for Everton, even minus one, we get uh, decent odds actually. Yeah, the issue with Everton right now is that a lot of their senior players are injured or at least doubts for this game. So there's doubts about Richarlison, there's doubts about Calvert-Lewin, uh, there's doubts about Seamus Coleman, Jordan Pickford, Asmir Begovic played last week against Villa and, and that kind of led to their downfall in that brilliant second half from Aston Villa who grew, grew stronger as the game went on. I would hope for some returnees but no Richarlison, no Calvert-Lewin. I would have concerns about Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, Solomon Rondon being your front three, you know, the the good players of 2016 that Rafa has brought in. Sure, they're perfectly fine but they're not as good as Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. So doubts there but they are playing Norwich City who just are not a Premier League team. They don't have Premier League players. I saw someone compare Daniel Farker um, to Neil Warnock this week, the German Neil Warnock, a man who can get a team up from the championship, but has no idea how to get them to survive in the Premier League. And that rings true at the moment. They play very naively. They don't battle for points. They don't seem to know how to grind out a nil-nil draw. So. I'm not going to bet on Norwich all season. In any game, at any point, I wouldn't waste my money. I'd be looking, as you say, Asian handicap. But because of the injured players at this point, I'd only be looking for minus two. Minus two, around five to one, six to one. That's quite decent. If Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison are confirmed to be fit by Saturday morning and you've not placed your bet as yet, four nil at 25 to one is the market I'd be looking at. All right, uh, then uh, Ellen Road leads United West Ham here. Also, we have uh, very balanced odds for both outcomes, but the true and the reality is that West Ham is a way better team than Leeds. We can see it in the standings and probably even the Hammers deserved uh, more points, as you said before, as you analyzed before with the game against uh, Man United, Antonio will be back. Uh, I guess also West Ham supporters are not very uh, happy with the referee's decisions, whereas for Leeds, uh, Tom, no victories yet for them in the season. They got a point against uh, Newcastle with Rafinha scoring that goal. Uh, 
Decent odds for a West Ham victory or maybe draw no bet for West Ham. Yeah, I would make West Ham favourites for this. I think they played well last week. I think they played well all season. I think that if the first team is together with Antonio back, they've got goal-scoring threat and defensive solidity. Kurt Zuma, I thought was going to be a great signing. I thought he was great at London Stadium against Man United last weekend. Zuma Ogbonna at centre-half is very strong. Sochik and Rice in central midfield is very strong. And up front, uh, Fornals, Bowen, Antonio Benrahma is about as strong as you're going to get in the league outside the top two or three. So I would make West Ham big favourites for this one. But Leeds United, you know, they've done it all season. They did it all last season. They take you on man for man, one for one. If my player beats your player, then they win. If it's the other way around, then they lose. You know, that's the Bielsa way. And against Newcastle, I thought they were great at points last week. But, you know, they just couldn't seemingly get the better of a depleted and deflated Newcastle. That would be a concern for me if I was Leeds at this point. As you say, they've struggled for results this season. I think they'll struggle again in this game against West Ham. Their injury list is reasonably long as well. Harrison, Ailing, uh, Lorente, Cock, Bamford, Strouk. A combination of, of, of suspensions and, and injuries in that group. That's a lot of players missing. And for West Ham at the moment, they just have a reasonably clean bill of health. You know, it should be okay for West Ham going to this game, which is quite strange. And so I'm looking for West Ham. I'm looking for West Ham to win. Both teams to score is interesting. That happened last season when these two met both times. They're, they're, they're two teams that seemingly like to go at each other. But I think West Ham have the better team, the better players, the more confidence and they win. West Ham win, both teams score. That's my tip. Hey, if West Ham win, another reason to drink in the weekend and be still hungover the following three days. We have, uh, and even if Mark Noble scores, as you have be behind you, the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, Leicester City, Burnley. The Foxes must uh, win this game because they are in the middle of the table after losing against uh, Brighton. Vardy score, but it, they were far away in the scoreboard. By then, three winless games actually since they beat Norwich on the road and Burnley, they are one of the poorest teams of this uh, Premier League so far. Mm -hmm. Only one point, they lost even against uh, Arsenal. Only one point this season because they drew against Leeds. Yeah, I think that Leicester have underperformed this season, but they're obviously dealing with this massive injury list still. Johnny Evans has been in, out, in, out. Wesley Fofana, James Justin, that's three of their premier back four, right? They brought in two defenders from Southampton, which made no sense. Ryan Bertrand, Yannick Vestergaard. Not a fan of Yannick Vestergaard at the level that Leicester are at. He was at the right level with Southampton. This is a step up. He's not good enough for it. Uh, Vardy's been scoring goals, as he always will. But um, again, they're looking at ways to replace him. Pats and Dacker had a goal disallowed in the Europa League a few days ago. Um, looked like it was a good finish, but hasn't quite hit the ground running. Iannaccio's not hit the ground running. James Madison looks a shadow of his former self at this point. There's issues with Leicester that they need to solve at this point. As for Burnley, I think you're absolutely right. They've been very poor this season. Very, very poor. Um, they haven't really improved the starting eleven. So a little bit of Cornet against Arsenal at the weekend could potentially do so. But at the moment, I'm not quite sure where he plays and how he fits into this Sean Dyche team, which has been so rigid for six, seven, eight years. Not a great deal has changed. The tactics don't change. They battle and scrap their way through. This season they battle, they scrap, they lose. Wood ain't scoring, Barnes ain't scoring, Rodriguez ain't scoring, Vidra ain't scoring. You know, how do they win a game? How do they get through? This particular game, I would make Leicester favourites. I think everybody would. However, because of the issues that Leicester have had 
And because the Burnley just find a way to get results when their backs are against the wall, and even though it's only September, their backs are against the wall, the draw market is interesting here. A draw in this game is around four to one. That in of itself, I think is quite a decent bet. A draw without any goals brings it up a little bit further. If you're looking for nil-nils this weekend, if you're looking for games to bet on but not watch, this could be it. Goalless draw, Leicester Burnley. That's my tip. Okay, don't watch this uh, Leicester Burnley. Then we have a Watford Newcastle probably when we are in the last quarter of the season. This will be an important game because these two teams uh, probably they will be fighting to avoid relegation. So far, Newcastle only two points, no victories for them. Last weekend they drew against Leeds because uh, San Maximin scored the Goal and uh, Watford, uh, we mentioned that they had more firepower than Norwich and actually they won that game, very important one, with San Sar scoring a brace because uh, they only had won the opening game of the season, so for them now, two games, uh, two, I mean, two victories this season, this will be important, Tom, I guess, in the yeah. long run. I agree. I think a massive game in the context of the season. These are two teams who will be in the bottom six coming into this campaign, so it could be very, very important. Um, Watford tipped them last week because, uh, you know, they're against Norwich. You're going to make a lot of money betting against Norwich this season, folks, so make sure you do it every week. Um, but they were good, Watford. Nonetheless, they were good going forward. They played good football. Um, I like Emmanuel Dennis up front. He looks like he's got a lot of good attributes. Ismail Asar is a good player. I don't think he's the elite level player that some Watford fans seem to think he is. I'm not sure he's going to get the move to Liverpool that he seems to think he will, but certainly some good attributes. I like Ken Semmer. There's some really good players at Watford. Defensively, they are better than what they've shown in the Premier League so far this season as well. For Newcastle, give it to Son Maximan and keep your fingers crossed. Right, Every single week, give it to this maverick lunatic and hope he can do something for you. Hope he's fit, hope he plays and hope he scores for you. And that's what makes this interesting because Sir Maximan is so good, I think, he could beat Watford on his own. But is he going to be in the mood for 90 minutes? Will his teammates create a platform for him to win the game for them? Um, and I think Watford will take this game very seriously. They know how important this game is. So again, I'm looking at the draw market. I'm looking at the draw on both teams to score market. Just a draw is around three to one, four to one. Add that with the both teams to score, a little bit more on top of that, five to one, six to one. That's where I'd be looking. If you throw Sol Maximan to score in there as well, there could be some money to be made. But I just don't think either team is going to have enough to beat the other. And remember, we love the draws, always lower uh, your stake and you can make a lot of money packing uh, draws, betting on draws. Then Brentford, Liverpool, can this be a trap? actually for Liverpool because Brentford they are doing really good in this start of the season eight points so far they beat on the road Wolverhampton even they were playing with one man down the last 30 minutes of the game so only one defeat for them this season but uh, Tom this Liverpool look way different from the one we saw last season they beat uh, Crystal Palace also comfortably 3-0, uh, you see problems here for Liverpool or they look so strong that not really? I think maybe the first half an hour could be difficult because Brentford are a good side. They're a good attacking side. Uh, and Buemo and Ivan Tony have shown they're very, very good going forward. Um, I think the midfield looks very strong, competitive, energetic, hardworking, great cover defensively uh, for the Brentford defenders as well. So there's a real good balance at Brentford. And I'll tell you now, they're not getting relegated. Um, so you can put some good 
money on Brentford this season. They'll be a Premier League team next season. And I think that they are more than good enough to get the 40 points required. Liverpool have started this season great. Really, really great. I didn't get to watch the entirety of Palace last week, but I have seen them against Norwich. I did see them the week before in the Premier League uh, against Leeds, where they were sublime at points. And the, at the moment, the injuries aren't there for Liverpool, right? They're reasonably clear in terms of Van Dijk is fit, Canate is fit, Gomez is fit, Matip is fit. I know Alexander-Arnold pulled out last week, but he was unwell, should be back. Robertson is available. So the, all the good defence is available. Um, midfield, I know they lost Harvey Elliott, but look, he's, he's filled in a bit. He's not in the strongest Liverpool team. Henderson's there. Oxlade-Chamberlain is fit. The front four is there. You know, Firmino should be back. Might not even get in the team at the moment with how well Jota and, and Salah and even Sadio Mane is scoring again. Look, so as good as I think Brentford have been and as likely as I think they are to stay in the Premier League and in the first half an hour, they could pull off a shock here. I'm not brave enough to put my money on anything other than a Liverpool win. I'm not sure there's a great deal of money to be made here on the Liverpool win market um, because I'm not even sure that, you know, maybe maybe both teams to score. Maybe because I like the way Brentford go forward. They can break down and they will take the chance when they get it. But this might be an avoider. I'm not sure it's going to be a handicap. I, I wouldn't be looking at two, three, four, five nil for Liverpool. Maybe Salah and Liverpool win is a nice double, but this might be one to avoid. Mm -hmm. If you go for both teams to score, the odds are 2.0. Actually, it's exactly the same. Both teams to score, yes, or both teams to score, no. But your bet, conservative one, is uh, Liverpool to win 1.52. Uh, two tough trips for Liverpool uh, in the following weeks. Bradford and then Porto in the Champions League. Never an easy stadium. Dodragao. And on Sunday, we have two more games. Southampton, Wolverhampton, uh, tough one, I guess, to call because uh, Southampton, even if they have not uh, won a single game this season, they are picking up points up under against Man United, against Man City, against West Ham. Probably all games that we expected them to lose, but only one defeat this season. Whereas Wolverhampton, when they looked a little bit better after the victory against Watford, that home defeat against Bradford, only score goals in one out of the five games of this season. Is someone is going to win this or we go for a draw again? <laughs> this is probably the toughest round of the weekend, to be honest, because Southampton, I mean, I didn't see it. I'm not sure anyone saw Southampton getting something from the Etihad last week. And they've got to be commended for how well they defended at the Etihad and against West Ham the previous week. As you mentioned, games we thought they would not just lose, they would lose heavily. But they found a way to get something from those games. And the way was defend your heart out, work, mark, tackle, cover, you know, and that's how they got those results. So Southampton right now are a tough team to beat. Uh, which is incredible considering that, that you know that they have a i think a substandard premier league squad at this moment in time so again harson hudel proves himself to be someone who can really organize a poor team to get results for wolves ouch last week was a, a killer against brentford they were very very poor as you mentioned only against watford have they scored goals this season and that took an own goal to get the ball rolling in that game um they cut frustrating figures when they go forward. There was a point where Raul Jimenez took his headband off last week because he missed a sitter of a header. Um, he's annoyed with himself that he's not playing near any, anywhere near the potential that he has. I think Wolves could be in some trouble. I think they could be in some serious trouble. They're not scoring. And last week they played poorly as well as didn't score. Previously, they played well and not scored. And so you can kind of go, OK, they'll score at some point. Last week against Brentford, they were diabolical. 
This game, my goodness, I don't know. I really don't know. I'll personally be avoiding this like the plague with my own money. Um, I think a draw is fair at three and a half. I would be looking at that. If you're looking for a winner, I might just favour Southampton. I might just favour, I'd be going low scoring, 1-0 either way, but draw most likely. Then the draw is at 3.38. Also, if we go under two goals here, we have 2.5. So if there are actually two goals, you get your money back. If there are less goals, you win your bet. And on Sunday, we have the North London Derby, Arsenal Tottenham. Maybe we saw happier derbies between these two teams, but reality is what it is. But uh, also Arsenal, if someone wants to be happy with the Gunners, they got back-to-back -back victories. They didn't concede a goal, but it was against Norwich and against Burnley. So be careful with that. Whereas on the other side, we have Spurs, who started the season very good with three straight victories. And now two defeats, 3-0 against Chelsea, 3-0 against Crystal Palace. Wow. Wow, wow. This one, Tom. Arsenal yeah, yeah. favorite. <laughs> 2.45. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow is the word. Look, I think Arsenal have got better the last couple of weeks, right? They couldn't have got a great deal worse than they were before the first international break. They didn't play well, particularly against Burnley last week. Didn't create a great deal of chances, but that Erdegaard free kick got them over the line. Didn't play well against Norwich, but that lucky scrambler got them over the line. As for Tottenham, I thought they were actually pretty good in the first half an hour, 40 minutes against Chelsea. They played the exact same way as they did against Man City in terms of press them high, close the space, find pockets for themselves uh, and create a couple of half chances. The issue is that Harry Kane's become a defensive midfielder and not a centre forward. And it seems like no one's brave enough to turn him to play centre forward. The dropping deep and doing nothing isn't really affecting the game. I'd even be considering if I was Nuno going back to the front three that started the season, uh, Bergwijn, Mora, Son, if they are all fit. And, and dropping Harry Kane. So poor has he been in the in the weeks that he has played. Or at least you, you've got to try and get the best out of Kane, which they currently are not. Um, I don't make Arsenal favourites. I make Tottenham favourites. Why? Because Arsenal will need to be on the front foot in this game. And Tottenham are very, very good at hitting you on the break. That will make a big difference. Um, who's going to be fit for this game will make a big difference as well. For Arsenal, um, there are a couple of doubts. Kieran Tierney, is he ever going to be fit for two games in a row? If he comes in, they look a more competitive defence. Without him, I think he's the leader of that defence and they lose that person who's going to wind everybody up defensively. As for Tottenham, they began the season with Sanchez and Dyer at centre-half. If they come back in, I think they look solid again at the back. Without that pairing, I think there are doubts. I think there are concerns. And I think there's a little bit of light uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. But look, the North London derby is always mad. It's always a mad game. There's always goals at both ends. Both teams to score, absolutely. I think it's going to be a goal fest, actually. I think it's going to be an over 2.5, maybe over 3.5 game. Um, the winner is a toss of a coin. Personally, I'd be going Tottenham. Personally, Tottenham to win over 2.5 is where I would be looking. But Tottenham, both teams to score, is where your value is. Over 2.5 goals, for instance, your one of your choices have odds 2.19. So, not bad at all. And our last game on Monday evening at Selhurst Park, we have Crystal Palace Brighton. Since Brighton is one of the 
biggest surprise of the season, probably the biggest so far. They are in Champions League spots, actually. 12 points for victories. The last one against Bradford, also back to back, uh, sorry, against Leicester City. The, also, they also beat Brentford before Leicester City, but Selhus Park is not easy. I think we expected uh, Vieira to struggle more with Crystal Palace, but well, five points. They lost uh, at Anfield after beating Spurs uh, 3-0. What do you expect here? Problems for Brighton? Um, it's a, uh, Firstly, I've got to say it's a derby. You've got to say it's a derby. The big Eagles against Seagulls derby. They hate each other, the sets of fans. If you want the reasons for that, just Google it. We've not got the time. It makes no sense, but they do. Um, as the way Crystal Palace play, I thought they were great at West Ham when I saw them a couple of weeks ago. I thought Conor Gallagher was fantastic. Um, but I think there are issues with, with Crystal Palace. Again, who's going to score goals for them? Starting Benteke at Anfield, I thought was strange. I expect Alton Edouard to start. I expect him to come in from the start in this game because Zaha looks more threatening when he can cross to someone that can actually score a goal that the opposition are afraid of. Um, so I would expect him to come in, but they have certainly done better and look better than I thought they would. Anderson and Gway at centre-half look okay. I think Anderson looks Premier League quality. I'm not too sure about his uh, his central defensive partner. Don't like to see Cheku Kuyate in central midfield in the Premier League in 2021. He's a backup centre-half at this point in his career, and I think you can really tell his legs have started to go in the game at Anfield last week. As for Brighton, so good this season. Leandro Trossard, I think for me, has been one of the players of the season so far in the Premier League. I think he does so much for this team. Looks in fantastic form. Neil Mope is scoring goals, defensively sound with, with Webster and, and Dunk and Duffy. Um, Cucurella last week came in. Solly March looks good. Don't know if Lamptey's going to be back. I think he's still out, but the 3-5-2 works with those players in. All good things, all good things for Brighton, but of course it's a derby and the fans at Selhurst will be right up for this one. Almost dead even with all the bookies at the moment because I think you couldn't give Palace advantage at home and Brighton, though they've played well, there's still not a great deal of confidence in the market for a Brighton win. But you know what? I have confidence in a Brighton victory. They look good, they play well, defensively sound, offensively strong, tight game, low scoring, under 1.5, under 2.5 at a push, Brighton win. Okay, Brighton to win, odds 2.7. They are slightly favourites than uh, Crystal Palace. Then, Tom, let's listen to your ACA of the weekend. Yeah, tough this week, actually, to put an ACA together. Uh, but I have picked a four-team run. Uh, Everton are going to win. I'm always going to back the team that's facing Norwich. Everton are going to win. Throw Liverpool in there. And then I'm putting West Ham in to win at Leeds, and I'm also going to take Leicester over Burnley in that grouping. I know, I know, I know I've said draw, but I do kind of feel that there is a chance for a tight Leicester win, and I can't find a fourth team. They will be my fourth pick. Go with the three if you really, really want to, but four adds it a bit more. For these four, we have odds 8.19. Always you can go for Leicester uh, Asian Handicap Zero. And if there is a draw, this game is out of your ACA. Kind of an insurance, but your four ACA get odds of 8.19. Then, Tom, thank you very much and see you next week. See you next week. Now we have all the info to bet in this uh, great match day. Here now you can see all the tips that uh, Tom gave us. 
And remember, leave a comment below. I also want to know your tips and your predictions. And if you enjoy our videos, don't forget and support us. Click on the like, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. Or if you prefer, also, we have a podcast for you. Enjoy Premier League and see you soon.